Welcome to Splash Pages, the comic book club. Today, we are talking about Truth, Red, White, and Black. So Truth, Red, White, and Black was published all the way back in 2003, written by Robert Morales, art by Kyle Baker. And you are introduced to a character, Isaiah Bradley. And if you are keeping up with Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney, uh, you were introduced to this character in episode two. And in Truth, Red, White, and Black, his story, he is one of 300 African-American soldiers experimented on by the U.S. Army in an attempt to create super soldiers. This is a book I urge everybody to read. And, you know, it, head on over to our Facebook group, Splash Pages to Comic Book Club. And we're talking about comics every day and learning about new storylines that everybody should read. And this is one of them. Definitely check it out. And we're going to do a deep dive right now. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're watching The Dorkening. Stay tuned. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Splash Pages, the comic book club, your weekly dive into your favorite graphic novels and comic books. Their mission, to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. And we are now live for another episode of Splash Pages, the comic book club. And as always, we have with us the Velvet Joker. Rich, how's it going, my friend? Very good. How's everyone doing tonight? Doing great, doing great. Uh, great. Oh, 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 Drew, what do you got there? Oh, my God, awesome. Uh, uh, um, I would like to point out that if the Smithsonian asks you, you didn't see anything. <laughs> when, he, when he throws his mighty shield. <laughs> There's no shield. No, this is this is an all-American sled. I don't know what you're talking about. I just, ah. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, today uh, is going to be a, a very awesome discussion. Uh but we are talking about Truth, Red, White, and Black. So uh, Truth, Red, White, and Black was published in 2003. It was written by Robert Morales, art by Kyle Baker. Top movies in 2003, Finding Nemo, Pirates of the Caribbean, Lord of the Rings, X-Men 2, Bruce, Bruce Almighty, Elf, Terminator 3, Hulk, Daredevil. Ah, and uh, top TV, obviously CSI. I mean, that's been top for like since what, 1984? <laughs> uh, American Idol, Friends, and ER. So uh, Truth, Red, White, and Black is a seven-issue series, limited series, and uh, published by Marvel Comics, obviously. The series, the series focus, focuses on Isaiah Bradley, one of 300 African-American soldiers experimented on by the U.S. Army. An attempt to attempt, an att 
<laughs> uh, to create super soldiers. I don't know why I had it twice there. Uh, Wikipedia, you always get me. So the original concept for the character came from an offhand comment by Marvel's publisher, Bill Jemis. Axel Alonso was taken by the idea inherent of politics of wrapping a black man in red, white, and blue and a larger story, a metaphor for America itself. He also immediately thought that the Tuskegee study, uh, and I know I said that wrong, in a meeting involving Joe Quesita, Alonso proceeded to pitch the idea to Robert, who was also in to write the story and create a supporting cast and the ending. The idea of an African-American Captain America made Morales laugh, but once he heard the premise, he found it depressing. He says he wrote a proposal that was so stagger staggeringly depressing, I was certain they'd turn it down, but they didn't. Morales originally envisioned the character as a scientist who experimented on himself, a reference to Silver Age scientists Reed Richards and Bruce Banner. However, Marvel wanted to be more explicit reference to the Tuskegee syphilis study. Morales was able to publish or push through the ending in which Bradley suffered brain damage, a reference to Muhammad Ali that gave the character a tragic ending. Morales performed extensive research into the time period, which he balanced with the editorial suggestions. Bradley's strong marriage came from an unsuccessful Luke Cage proposal by Brian Azarello. So it's published from January 2003 through July 2003. Also, a side note that uh, the hardcover that was released in 2009, that version contains Morales's appendix in which he clarifies myth, history, and the imagination and provides sources for his story. And that was a mouthful. Wow. It uh, was. Yeah. So you uh, drink of water. Oh, I, I will do that. Uh, Rich, why don't you take it over while I uh, pull up the comic? Sure, absolutely. Um, so I pulled this up on Saturday, and I thought I was going to read one or two issues, and then just, you know, every day, plot along, but I couldn't stop. It's a great storyline. Um, I was totally uh, captivated by the writing. Um, I won't lie, I was not a fan of the art. Uh, it sort of changed in, like, the last issue or two once Captain America came into it, but it still wasn't that sharp. I didn't, I didn't dig the style, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, it was uh, quite a story, a sad story, and uh, sort of happy at the end. But uh, in general, uh, a lot of strife, uh, you know, having to deal with the uh, African-American male in the army, being subjected to abuse uh, by whites, by, uh, by everyone. Even uh, going out, like the images right here at the beginning, they're going to a carnival, and uh, they were not allowed to go in and see one of the sites because it might aggravate the girls inside the, you know, it's a racist times. They were one of the most racist of times. Yeah, it, it's, it, you know, reading this, I, I didn't know what I was getting into. And uh, like you, I started reading on Saturday night and I, I just plowed through the whole thing. Uh, I agree, the art isn't, um, isn't the best, uh, but it's the story that really brings it in. And uh, it's just so depressing that, you know, uh, a, a group of people can be treated that way and that it was allowed to happen and that was the norm is just it's it's just so you know looking back at it it's just it's sickening uh yeah. absolutely and i think it's it's really crazy especially when after you're reading this story and it it really is the like i agree with rich 
Um, uh, Kyle Baker didn't jump, but I myself was a little thrown off. I felt like the slightly cartoony-esque aspect of it, um, there were moments where it worked, and then there were moments where I feel like it didn't. Um, it was almost like he's trying to do this this mix of, of realism with uh, like comic book simplicity. And there, were, like I said, there were moments that worked and moments that didn't. But for me, the story was really what covered it. And because especially in Marvel, they've they've highlighted there wasn't just one Captain America. I mean, that's even something that carried on to the Ultimate Universe, where a lot of characters, both supervillain and regular. Um, got their abilities because companies were trying to make the next Captain America. So you have that idea. But I think the real crazy point is that, as Rich pointed out, there's some things that these people dealt with that you could see. And in some ways, things are better. And in some ways, they're shockingly still the same. So I think that's the real tragedy there is that, while yes, things are obviously better. Um, in some ways, they really aren't. And that itself is, is its own tragedy. Well said. Um, you know, one thing that, and I'd have to definitely, I, I need to go back and read uh, the the hardcover um, where he goes over the history of it. But very similar to, you know, Watchmen, where it was, uh, they brought to life the, the Tulsa event. Uh, another, you know, uh, show, even though it, it dealt with some alternate history, you know, bringing that event forward, um, it, right. it's really, you know, a lot of, a lot of information that's not really taught in a lot of schools. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Black, black history is very, uh, omitted in, uh, the regular public school, uh, you know, vocational teachings. It's, uh sad that we're, we're we have to find that through other books to to find well I, actually rich i think the reason for that is as always i remember there was a quote that, that history is often written by the winners um and uh, what that really means it's about perspective like you just said like there is history and then there is the stuff that's left out and then you're left with the what really happened and again, it's all about perspective. And some people, it's about being safe and comfortable in their in their mindset. And the second that you try to pop that bubble, all it does is just freak people out and they react poorly to it. I mean, if anything, what we've seen the, the last couple of years, you know, is that the second certain things change, people lose their damn mind. And change is good, but not everybody thinks that. Right, and I, I agree with you 100%, but the, uh, what we can never forget is that we're really all just human beings from the human race, mm -hmm. and we're not really different races. We're all just human beings. There's only one race on this planet, and we should all be subjected to and treated the same, no matter what our amount of melanin is in our skin. Yeah, absolutely. It's a humanity thing. It's not a political thing. It's just being a real person. And then I think the other great thing about this story is that there is a theme of legacy, which I think is really wonderful, which has in some way become a part of Captain America. And we've seen that theme, especially in the current uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier series. 
you know, and and even with that, you have Sam was given the shield by Captain America, and he's just like, I can't do it. Like, I can't live up to this legacy. So just like, I guess, I, I, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with how it really happened in the comics, but just like, you know, Captain America was gone, the government found someone else to fill the shield, and that's how we got... Um, Jack Russell, the USA agent, and well, you know, his track record speaks for itself. Sure. I think he tried a, a little too hard. But again, with this, you had you had uh, the um, you know uh, young Bradley doing everything he could. You know, this man suffered such tragedy. I mean, his wife thought he was dead. His child grew up without him. Uh, he watched people he knew die and he survived and just because he he did a mission and he happened to take Captain America's costume which I thought was great continuity he was imprisoned for decades until he was freed and then because his his serum wasn't 100% he he didn't like you said he didn't really make it out too well his mind was deteriorating even though his body was forever young and the best part about that was that that his legacy um, because you had uh, elijah uh, bradley his grandson would then become patriot who you know kind of continues isaiah's legacy and it's just amazing but that also in terms of just good writing you know yeah i uh, totally agree the writing is is just phenomenal uh now i know we didn't you know uh, i know rich and i didn't really love the artwork but the way it's portrayed on um, what i have on screen right now during the the experiment process and just you know how mm -hmm. essentially he just he his muscles grew until he just popped it's just very yeah. visceral and just very very disturbing i mean like i said don't get me wrong it's it's not that i thought it was it was horrible like there's definitely things that kyle baker did very well but then there are certain moments where i just feel like it didn't <laughs> And, you know, I think it's also crazy because yet again, there are still, I, I, they, they, again, there are even other versions of Captain America still running around. Is there, wasn't there one um, nuke? He was like the 70s. He right. was like the 70s right. Captain America for Vietnam. Yeah, he, kept, he kept taking pills. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah. Pill junkie. Yeah. And, and he was, he, he was like. He was what the, I want to say the 90s were to Marvel Comics. It was just excess. I mean, he even had the American flag tattooed on his face. Right. You know, like it was just, it was crazy. And then in the end, what did he end up? He didn't, he just ended up another mercenary with super strength and a boatload of issues. <laughs> So, um, yeah, it's just, again, Steve, Ro Captain Steve Rogers was an unexpected, pun intended, Marvel. And when he disappeared, everybody was just like, we need Captain America. But, you know, they were just willing to try to rush it as best as they could. And unfortunately, like, as you see here, a lot of people died. Right. And, and, and it's like what you were saying, Rich, is that about the history is that those names shouldn't be omitted. You know, you talked about the Tuskegee project, you know, that shouldn't be overlooked simply because of the horror. It's the same thing how, you know, certain things like um, uh, the Holocaust shouldn't be forgotten as well. You know, it's graphic and it does make people feel uncomfortable. But the point of this, this happened and we have to, we must remember it so it does not happen again, because the second 
we forget it, we are allowing it to the the possibility of it something like it to come again, and that's unacceptable. And uh, yeah, like, also, uh, as you were talking about, Drew, um, with the history, it's interesting because uh, going back into different series where the Germans and the U.S. government they they ended up intermixing the scientists and they forgave a lot of uh, people with the Operation Paperclip. Um, Mm-hmm. And uh, so that that was an interesting mix, bringing that in on that. The, the guys that were doing the experiments were uh, not scientists and, uh, you know, trying to recreate the super soldier serum. You know, uh, they were going, oh, well, you know, that's too much, obviously, after the guy blows up. Let's try, you know, two ounces less. Oh, that's not quite the right amount either. No, because it was all just, they're just winging it. And, uh, you know, they had what ended up, Six or eight guys. One guy died on the table just being sick. He made it initially, but then ended up dying anyway. Uh, but these guys all had like super strength, and uh, every one of them died except for our hero. Um, and like you said, in the end, he lost his mind. Uh, but he still had uh, pride as a human being. And mm-hmm. when Captain America came and finally visited and discovered that he was still alive, um, you know, he tried to make things right as he could. Right. And uh, I think that really meant a lot to uh, to Isaiah. Oh, absolutely, and I and it's it's so sad when you see him at the end. Like he's still physically fit. Like he's he's still his, the the serum preserved his body perfectly, but his mind is gone. He's essentially a, a child. You know, it's like that Robin Williams movie Jack, but like in reverse. It's like Benjamin Button. You know, it's 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 crazy to see that, and he endured such hardship. And just to end up like that, which again, like you said, Captain America didn't know. And he spent that time um, doing that. And I think the craziest moment for me was when you had that guy Merritt, who is just, you know, he's, he's an army vet, you know, he's old, he's in prison. And he is so amazingly like racist, but yet he considers himself a patriot. Like he has no problem asking Captain America for an autograph. I mean, it was it was the same thing, like spoilers for those listening. It was the same thing that you saw with Cap Falcon in um, Cap Falcon, Falcon and Winter Soldier, yep. where you had Falcon sitting there at the bank, and all the guy is is uh, gushing about his that he's the Falcon and getting a photo and taking a selfie, but then, oh no, your family can't get a bank loan. It's like, really? Like, but people behave like that. I mean, it's crazy. Indeed. Uh, one of the things that I, I that really struck me was uh, the parallels they were um, comparing between the Holocaust and, you know, uh, doing experiments on, on both groups of people and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, how he, he becomes witness of, of, the 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 atrocities that happen and just the emotions that he's going through while thinking about his, his mission yeah was... you, you know this actually brings up an interesting point which i'd love to get both of your opinions on both nerdy scholars of many books and years and such so there's this i guess uh, discussion within the comic book industry that comics in some way have become a little too dark a little too mature and gruesome. I like how, as I said that, that came up. That was funny. Um, (laughs) A little bit uh, gruesome. And there were some people who kind of agreed that that comics should be 
like the late great Darwin Cook agreed with that, that comics should have a somewhat fantastical, almost timeless, I wouldn't say silver age, bronze age kind of whimsy to it, where, you know, heroes are heroes, they're inspirations and whatnot. And then you had people like Frank Miller, who didn't agree with that. He believed that heroes should be real. They should show the realism. Like when you're flying, you should show that you're like, like I can't believe you made this metaphor. Like you should see the sweat stains <laughs> on Superman, um, which I was like, that. I was like, yeah, that's the one thing I always wanted to see Superman sweating. I was like, yeah, unless it's a kryptonite treadmill. Um, so, you know, and I and my, myself, I've read a lot of comics and I've read some very dark intense. I would say this qualifies as a very um, mature, intense comic. And I will admit there were a moment or two that I was like, wow, this is not for the faint of heart. Like I wouldn't give this to a six year old. I'm like, yeah, read, you know, like ask me all the questions you want. Um, but at the same time, I do think that comics, you know, kids can still enjoy them. But it, it like it's that weird like kids can enjoy them, but also adults can as well. So what, what's what's your two cents on that, guys? Well, um, I, I'm sure Rich will have a much better answer to me. But <laughs> uh, personally, I, I like the darker stories, but I agree it needs to be for all ages. So take for instance Batman. Uh, Batman, yeah. you know, uh, now you have, uh, what is it? Batman adventures for the young ones. You know, it's definitely more like a Bruce Tim type of, you know, uh, uh, type of, you know, soft storylines. And then you get, you know, the black label, you know, uh, like we just went through like with Joker war and stuff like that. And, uh, mm -hmm. and back in the nineties, you know, for the darker Batman, we had, uh, legends of the dark Knight, And actually I just reread, uh, Venom, the Venom storyline for that, where Batman <sighs> becomes addicted to drugs. And it, it's that storyline itself was, was pretty rough as well. Um, so I enjoy, you know, especially with, with, you know, one of my favorite ca uh, characters, uh, Batman, just the rawness of it and, and the, you know, you need the brutality and, the, you know, also the realism because Batman's not a superhero, but he's, he's, he's going after, you know, super criminals and, you know, just, um, I, I love the reality with it and also the, the, the darkness of it, but you also get the points where, uh, you get the shock value, like the um, uh, Lee Bermijo had uh, uh, the Naked Batman, like, you know, something like five years oh, ago. Batman the Damned. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that was quickly, you know, um, uh, removed uh, from from print. Um, mm. But, you know, you get that, you know, shock value. And the same thing with cartoons. You know, you go through a series of... You know, like Ren and Stimpy was the big shock value before it was like Bugs and Bun uh, Bugs Bunny, and you get that shock value that, and then slowly things become the norm of being you know that raw. Once we get over that little speed bump, what do you think, okay. Rich? Well, uh, like you said, Leo, they do. You know, you go to your local comic shop, and there are at least a dozen kids' titles. Um, they're your favorite superheroes, but they're marketed toward a younger audience, like at probably under ten or under eight audience um, but at the same time um, you know I grew up from literally age four um, reading Batman reading X-Men reading the Avengers and and we've been going through some of these 80s things and there's sex and there's murder and there's the death of Superman and there's the death mm -hmm. of Phoenix and uh, I didn't murder anybody 
you know, I just dressed <laughs> up in clown makeup and, you know, chased Batman around at, uh, at Comic-Cons. Right. And, it, it, and it's kind of the same thing that, like, when um, the Columbine tragedy happened, you know, you had so many politicians looking for something to blame. I mean, and, and Michael Morris Bowling for Columbine, you know, you see him talk to um, Trey Parker of South Park, who was blamed. You see him talking to Marilyn Manson, who um, the, the shooters involved were fans of his music, and he also got blamed. All these things. You see all these things, and, you know, again, you know, I was bullied in high school uh, pretty bad. Some of that was my fault. Some of it wasn't. You know, but again, you didn't see me doing anything. And it's like you said, it's the same thing. Like, we read these comics. I mean, Rich, we use a, a criteria that's four crowbars, which is a reference to Jason Todd getting bludgeoned. Yet, you know, I don't see you bludgeoning orphans uh, wherever and leaving them to die with their parents in a, in a warehouse rigged to blow. I mean, if you do, don't tell us. Because, right. you know, we're being recorded. So that's, I think, I don't know if that's, I think that's libel. Is that libel or slander? I don't know. Either way. <laughs> um, you know, but my point being is, yeah, like, you know, certain things, it's the same thing. Like, come back to, it's the same thing with, I hate to say it, in, in my opinion, same thing with racism. You're not born racist. It's a taught behavior. You're influenced by surroundings, by, you know, I have to say, I hate to say it, a lot of times, like, uh, adult figures and whatnot. It's not you wake up and you suddenly hate a certain race. It's taught to you why, and then you believe it, you know? And again, it's, I hate to say it, it's like smoking. It starts when you're young huh. and it just keeps going. And it's, it's a really sad thing, but it's, it, it's been with us since the dawn of time. You know, people have hated each other for no apparent reason. Like, oh, you have, you have more apples than me? I hate you for it. Right. There's always like, an excuse. Yeah. yeah, you know, and it's just, it's it's sad, you know, and I think it's also sad because you have something like this, which is, a, you know, Captain America is a symbol of hope. He, he was to inspire people. He was created to, I mean, come on, his first image was punching Hitler. You know, he was created to to help maintain patriotism as we fought this evil that threatened everything. And then, you know, he disappeared because after war, I was like, well, after the war, he's like a samurai. What, what do we need if there's no war? And he came back, you know, yeah, he was cool again because people were like, wow, a guy from the, from the, the 40s is now in the 60s where a lot happened and oh out of time on your left um you know it's just he's he's supposed to be a symbol of hope but behind that hope there's a lot of tragedy there's a lot of pain and a lot of reality and i'm just glad that that's there because i think it really in my opinion makes captain america even more realistic and there's chris hey chris um i love this back panel with uh you know showing uh, him through his life and uh, all the pictures and you know oh, they, it's beautiful yeah they snuck a picture of Stanley in there and yeah, Stanley um, Muhammad Ali and... yeah yeah Richard Pryor did you discuss that the uh, possibility that uh, Carl Lumley on the um, Captain America TV series The Falcon and Winter Soldier could be possibly playing Isaiah Bradley we did not we did not but thank yes. you. He has not been on the show yet, so this is not a spoiler to anybody, but he was announced to be on the show um, over a year ago before COVID-19 crashed the production around us. 
Um, and a lot mm-hmm. of people immediately started speculating that uh, Carl Lumley, who was John Jones, the Martian Manhunter of Mars on the Justice League animated series, and he's uh, John Jones's father on Supergirl, could possibly be playing Isaiah Bradley because he's a uh, you know he's an elderly black man and and uh, you know very tall, strong looking guy. This uh, this role would ideally fit him. And you know what? I did not know that, and that just made my night just hearing that because. Who better? I mean, you hear that man's voice, and it just, like, it just commands. It's the same thing I feel every time you hear Kevin Conroy's voice. It's just, that's Batman. It's, you hear his voice? That's the Martian Manhunter. Yes, I talk like this. I like my chocolate Oreos, too. Always That's my best Carl Lovely voice. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, watching it's, hours it, upon hours of Justice League. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's getting there, buddy. It's just keep 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 working at. It. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's he's a. He, uh, I, I met him once at a. I, I want to say it was Rhode Island Comic Con, but I might be wrong. But he he was such a nice guy. And yeah, man, he does have that voice. He talks like this the whole time. <laughs> oh yeah, Rhode Island will do too, but um. Yeah, it's just this was a really crazy one, and and it I don't know I I'm really glad we got to read this because it's nice to see uh like Rich was saying a different side of the story, you know. Absolutely. Now, that last what, image that Leo had up um, of Captain America and uh, Isaiah together with like his arm around him and stuff. Uh, uh, pull that up, Leo. Yep. Uh, just uh, there's going to be a risque picture next to it because that's. Uh... Right, right, right. Added to it. Uh, avert, avert thy eyes. <laughs> that would just make a body. Why? What is it? Image. I, I don't know why they add that to the comics. It, it, it's, yeah. So. Nazi background that what Leo is into. <laughs> Do you enjoy that there's a Hydra symbol like right there? I find that really amusing to me. Because I'm just like, it's really great. Hail Hydra. Like, great. Considering Hydra will probably be the, uh, I- I'll be shocked if Disney puts like Adolf Hitler in a flashback for Isaiah Bradley. I highly doubt it, but you know, you never know with oh those Marvel God. shows. They're a little bit riskier, edgier, yeah. but I can guarantee if they do any flashback and it is Isaiah Bradley who shows up in an episode, it will be Hydra, not the Nazis. Oh yeah, yeah. it. I mean, listen, it's the same. It's it's uh, yeah. The, I mean, the Nazis have always been. The bad guys. So the uh, Hydra is the Disney version of Nazis. It was like these, these are the same, yeah, but just not well, the same. He, he, here's a thought: What if they? Uh, what if they wanted to? They brought Red Skull into it. Uh, you mean? Well, okay. Here's the problem with that: is that Red Skull's dead. Right, Red Skull. Well, dead. I, I meant you know, as you know, as a theory that uh, that the Black Widow replaced the Red Skull because of the whole you know she dies at the end of Endgame, well, and the Red Skull got returned. Wouldn't that more tie into like a post credit scene with Black Widow? She wakes up in the water and she's got the cloak on. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. That with the problem with that movie being delayed now till July and and Captain America Winter Soldier running it through the time period that movie would have come out or should have come out. I. I don't think that's going to happen. No, uh, I, I meant as a flashback with Isaiah, as they're introducing him in his story. Oh, who are they going to have play him? The guy from The Walking Dead? Because uh, what's-his-name will never return to that role. The guy from The Walking Dead uh, did a phenomenal job. He did. Oh, my God. It it was... It was spot on. I, I, I ha- It was amazing. Yeah. Like, and, and if you've ever seen 
Like, because he does videos where he'll just do different impressions. Like, he had this this series where he did different movie quotes doing different actors. I was just like, guys, whoa. Yeah. Like, it is amazing. Yeah, I honestly, that was such a great job. Because, again, like Chris said, Hugo Weaving, he said he had fun, but he was like, I'll never do that again because of how intense the makeup process was. But Right. And also, he's pretty much done with like movies like that after the transformer movies burned him out he was he, he's really been kind of done with this whole geekdom sci-fi genre that he got himself into with the matrix well he, he's he's never gonna have to worry about royalties the rest of his life he's he's lord of the rings the matrix transformers i'm sure there's other stuff there right <laughs> Did anyone read no. the Captain America annual that came out prior to this? No. Is that the 80th anniversary issue? No, 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 no. So I meant, I'm sorry. I, I meant prior to Truth being published. Excuse me. Oh, okay. okay. So Captain America annual number 2000 in the year 2000. Marvel in the year 2000 numbered all their annuals. The year 2000, 2020, you know, 2020, whatever, because it was the big you know crossover from 1999. And they introduced another guy who took the super soldier serum prior to Steve Rogers, but he was like this jacked up, raged alcoholic white dude that was basically washed out of the program. And then they tried it again with Steve Rogers. There's absolutely zero mention of this whole thing with Isaiah Bradley, but this story really got printed about two or three years prior to truth being um, uh, conceived. Well, and this I remember, Captain America is still running around in the Marvel Universe to the, today. Wow. Because I, yeah. I remember, is that the 50s cap? Because no, I no, remember. No, no. And that's what confuses a lot of people. This guy was created in this annual. He was never created prior to this. This is a okay. brand new character that they tested the okay. Super Soldier Serum on and sent out there. And they realized he's a psychopath. And they brought him back in, and they said, "Okay, well, let's try it with the skinny kid." And they gave it to Steve Rogers. I, yeah, again, like because I remember in Brubaker's run of Captain America, you saw different caps. Like there was the the fifties cap, who whose name escapes me. Nomad. He, he was killed by, by yeah, he got killed by Bucky. And then at the oh, end yeah. of the uh, when Bucky became Captain America, they reintroduced uh, the one you're talking about. Um, uh, yeah. the, he put on like a white costume for a little while, and then he had like a birdie cross mm-hmm. behind him and hanging the the falcon up by his neck and the lynching. It was a big like uh, it was a, uh, the yeah. I don't remember what that character was called, but yeah, he was it was a white supremacist kind of thing going on in that issue. Yeah, it was it was a lot, but. Again, it's like uh, if anyone remembers uh, the Ultimate Universe, like I said, like um, uh, they had their Captain America and then they had a lot of different ones. I mean, heck, um, Spider-Man, the the thing that turns Spider-Man into Spider-Man was um, a drug that was created uh, in order to be the next super soldier serum. Like so many characters and villains in the ultimate universe were created as a result of that and it's just which i think was a wonderful critique um and interpretation of of um that story because it it, it was almost like this is what your legacy is it's you we we wanted to create soldiers and we created monsters some turned out to be heroes but a lot of them turned out to be big bads who now we have to deal with rich it's about eight forty. yep uh, okay, so uh, let's uh, wrap this up, and then we're going to get to Spider-Man. So, uh, Drew, uh, wh- yes, sir. What would, uh, how many crowbars would you give us? 
Oh, this? Oh, this gets my ultimate seal of approval. That's, uh, that's, uh, that crowbars today, that gets four and a half stars. Four. Yeah. Awesome. Four. Yeah. <laughs> Shiny. Yep. Yeah. Like Indeed. That. Yep. Velvet Joker. Uh, I am also going to give it four and a half crowbars. Um, only taking out because, like I said, I, I really didn't care for the art. Otherwise, it would have been five all the way. Awesome. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm going to play follow the leader. I agree. Four and a half and uh, only because of the art, but the story. And uh, now I need to find the hardcover to find out uh, the history on uh, what was pulled and uh, his further thoughts on it. So I'll definitely do some additional reading on that. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Splash Pages, the comic book club. Make sure you join our Facebook group, Splash Pages, the comic book club, where we talk about comics every day and we do our live show every week. Next week, we tackle the Marvel Inferno storyline. It's going to be a big one. See you then. Dub dub. Dun 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 d